And after so many years, once and for all for Sergio. Welcome to the Golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Sean Zock, joined by Jeff Ritter. Hey, Sean. This is the story of the 2017 Masters from start to finish with the moments that mattered most. You had Dustin Johnson, the number one player in the world, riding three straight victories. Got a lot of confidence in my game right now, especially with the way I've been playing the last you know, few tournaments. You had Rory McIlroy looking to complete the career Grand Slam and finally win that green jacket. Yeah, as I said, you just don't want to go chasing it on this golf course because if, if you have to chase it, that's when things can start to go wrong. You had John Rahm, an elite first-timer, looking to win the Masters in his first appearance at Augusta National like Fuzzy Zeller did back in 1979. If I didn't think I could win it, I wouldn't be here. You had Phil Mickelson looking to make history and win his fourth green jacket. If I can play anywhere close to the way I played at the British Open last year, at the Ryder Cup, uh, I should be able to give myself a good opportunity. And in addition to all those guys, you had a slew of others looking to win a green jacket of their own. I like where my game's at coming in. I'm certainly flying way under the radar. I'm making a lot of birdies right now, um, and that, that bodes well around this golf course. It's, it's great to even think about it. You know, it makes it gets me excited thinking about you know the possibility of actually winning and, and, and obviously accomplishing one of my life goals. It's, an ima- it's imaginative golf. It's uh, feel golf, and I really enjoy that. When I can go away from technicality and towards feel, it's an, it's an advantage for me personally compared to how I play other places. The one thing was clear was who this favorite of this tournament was. There's no question Dustin Johnson played his way ahead of the pack. He'd separated himself. He was the unquestioned number one guy in the world. He was coming off three straight victories. Everything starts and stops with Dustin Johnson when you're looking at picking a winner of the tournament. Another thing that was on my mind was Jordan Spieth. I wrote him as a preview story for the week. I didn't talk to Jordan. I talked to psychologists. I talked to shrinks. I wanted to try to figure out what it would take for him to get over what happened in 2016 and you know what to expect. Would that quad surface again in some form or that resiliency, that trademark bounce back ability that he has, is he equipped to maybe not only contend but maybe even just go right back to Augusta and win again so I I thought going in he was maybe the second biggest story of the week behind DJ DJ Spieth McElroy Mickelson all of that's important but first you had weather Augusta National began the week with showers on Monday and even a tornado warning in the afternoon Tuesday was gorgeous temperature highs were in the mid 80s and only a smattering of clouds covered the sun And as great as Tuesday was, Wednesday's forecast loomed. Thunderstorms entered and exited the area throughout Wednesday morning. The course was cleared of patrons, then uncleared, and then cleared again. The Par 3 contest existed for all of 90 minutes before being canceled altogether. Augusta National got drenched, and the 2017 Masters reached an inflection point. Dustin Johnson slipped and fell. According to a statement from Johnson's agent, David Winkle, Johnson slipped and fell on a set of stairs. He was walking in socks and allegedly headed to move a car as his son was headed home from daycare. DJ, with wet feet, slipped and fell down some stairs, landing on his elbow and lower back about 24 hours prior to his 2.03 p.m. Thursday tea time. Again, according to his agent, Johnson still hoped to play. 
so the DJ news breaks and all of us, the, the golf.com golf magazine crew were at our rental house getting ready to go to dinners and different things on Wednesday night. The last thing we're expecting is breaking news, much less breaking news that changes the entire course of this tournament. And what could be bigger than the number one player in the world and everybody's, if not their pick to win, certainly among their picks to win, injuring himself and possibly in doubt whether or not he's even going to play. It was bizarre. There were some of us going to this writer's dinner. Um, we were going to leave in like an hour. Dustin Johnson was supposed to appear at this dinner as the player of the year, the writer's pick for player of the year in 2016 and give a speech. And we all, we couldn't believe it. I mean, we just, it seemed bizarre. We were, we were literally scheduled to see him in an hour, give a speech. And now all of a sudden there's a statement that He's injured and everything's in doubt. It just seemed you start kicking around conspiracy theories because of the timing. You just can't you can't help yourself because it's DJ and there's been issues with being forthcoming with information. And, you know, in that moment, you just wonder, what is this? How can this possibly be be happening now? As is the case at every Masters, legendary former winners have hit the opening tee shots on Thursday morning. Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player reached the first tee at 7.40 a.m., but they were missing one thing. Their pal and longtime competitor, Arnold Palmer. Augusta National Chairman Billy Payne reached the first tee with Palmer's widow Kathleen in his right arm and one of Palmer's green jackets in his left. It is a wonderful, but in one respect, difficult day. For the first time in many, many decades, someone is obviously missing from the first tee here at Augusta National in the Masters. It was a serene moment. Payne told stories about how Palmer was more than just the king and more than just a champion. Arnold Palmer was a friend to him and in some way to many, many other people. Two of those people were Nicholas and Palmer. This was the first time they would hit these tee shots without Palmer on the tee there with them. During a moment of silence, tears bubbled to their eyes and they prepared to hit their tee shots. Moments later, the Masters had officially begun. In the first round, as was expected, there would be wind. Lots of wind. Augusta National saw one of its windiest days in recent memory on Thursday, with gusts reaching 35 miles per hour. It blew leaves and pine cones all over the typically pristine course. Grounds crew members used leaf blowers to keep greens and areas near the hole as clean as possible. And despite the torturous conditions, 24-year-old Thomas Peters raced out to an early lead by shooting 32 on the front nine. He'd follow that up with a 40 on the back nine. Yeah, the last nine to eight holes were, you know, right now the wind's picking up and it's not really consistent. It's just, if you get the wrong gust at the wrong time, then you look stupid, um, like I did on 12. And, um, but that's just, that's Augusta, I guess. As is often the case at the Masters, names jumped up and down the leaderboard. First it was Mickelson, then Fowler, then Matthew Fitzpatrick and Will McGirt. Meanwhile, Dustin Johnson's health remained the focal point. Golf Channel and ESPN had live streams running constantly throughout Johnson's warm-up time on the driving range. Would he play? Would he withdraw? Naturally, a lot of money in Vegas hanged in the balance. 
Johnson made his way to Augusta National's putting green just steps away from the first tee. It appeared like he'd give it a go. He even told ESPN his intention was to play. Then as he reached the first tee, something changed. From up in the fairway, you saw Johnson's six-foot-four frame saunter away towards the clubhouse. He had withdrawn from the 2017 Masters. Well, I mean, it sucks. I, I want to play. You know, I'm playing, you know, probably the best golf of my career. And this is one of my favorite tournaments of the year. I look forward to it every year. And, you know, to have a freak, you know, a freak accident happen yesterday afternoon after I got back from the course, you know, it, it sucks. It really does. It sucks really bad. This Masters would be played without the number one player in the world. Former number one player in the world, Jordan Spieth, would put together a turbulent round Thursday. The 2015 Masters champion and already one of the game's greatest players in Masters history, Spieth mixed in 10 pars among two birdies and two bogeys on the first 14 holes. The 23-year-old laid up to a good yardage short of the water-protected 15th green, but spun his approach shot too much back into the drink. His next approach flew the green. His sixth shot was a pitch beyond the hole, where Spieth would three-putt from 29 feet. That, my friends, is how you quickly can count up to nine at Augusta National. You think of it as a birdie hole obviously being a par five, and uh, unfortunately I still thought of it as a birdie hole today, and it really isn't uh, when you lay up. So I didn't take my medicine and hit it about 15 feet right with a club that takes a spin off. Instead, I, I was stuck in the you know, 15 to birdie hole mentality and uh, kind of bit me a little bit. I, I struck the shot well, I just hit the wrong club. Um, struck it very solid, I just, I took a club that, that could spin instead of one that, maybe one more that would take the spin off. So um, I moved up a few 10, 15 yards on the next one and I clubbed down and that one just didn't hit the same wind. But I mean, you don't have much depth there and I obviously wasn't gonna hit it in the water again. So um, just went over and from there it's very difficult. So Jordan Spieth has Despite what happened last year, this incredible overall record in the Masters. He's two runner-ups and a win. But once he makes this quad, you stop and think, he's now looking at, this is two straight rounds at Augusta National with quadruple bogeys. What is that? Is this, is this the new norm for Jordan Spieth? Did something really break for him at the end of last year that has carried over? and is hanging over his head. And it's not necessarily the 12th hole. It's just, it's even worse. It's Augusta National. Spieth's 15th hole was a storyline that picked up some steam. That is, until Charlie Hoffman started making birdies. After making two bogeys in his first five holes, the journeyman pro took off. Hoffman birdied the 6th, the 8th, the 9th, and the 12th. He then birdied the 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th. When he tapped in for par on the 18th hole, Hoffman had birdied eight of his final 13 holes to shoot 65. Hey, Charlie, what did you think was possible, given the conditions? Uh, like, even par, I mean, I was just trying to sort of keep, you didn't want to shoot, it's one of those rounds where you could shoot your way out of the golf tournament pretty quick, and uh, obviously I was just trying to make pars, and, the, and uh, while I was trying to make pars, I put myself in position to be able to make birdies, and I was able to convert those birdies and, uh, and uh, turn in a fantastic round. It certainly was a fantastic round. Hoffman's first round was nearly 10 strokes better than the field average, making it the fifth best first round performance since World War II. And it could have been so much better. Hoffman three-putted both the third and fifth greens and dunked his approach shot on the 13th into Ray's Creek, scrambling for par. Hoffman would go to sleep with a four-stroke lead over Will McGirt. 
the largest first-round lead since Jack Burke Jr. in 1955. Lee Westwood was five shots back at two under, and a parade of other players sat at one under, including Justin Rose, Phil Mickelson, and Sergio Garcia. Rory McIlroy lurked behind at even par. Are you thinking to yourself, who is Charlie Hoffman? It's a good question. Hoffman is a 40-year-old from San Diego. He's won four times on tour and racked up more than $22 million in the process. You'll recall that he shot a first-round 67 and followed it up with a second-round 68 back in 2015 at Augusta National. He eventually finished tied for ninth. I know Charlie Hoffman's not a guy that's seriously contended on the weekend at a major championship, but from his position after round one, seven under par, all he's really got to do is just stay where he is. You know, you figure the way the way the weather conditions were, the way the forecast sets up, if he can just play level par golf and he can make guys go get him. So even though he doesn't have the track record, even though he's not a proven major contender, much less a winner, you had to look at him and think, that's a pretty good spot for 18 holes. It became clear very early that Friday would adopt Thursday's conditions. The heavy wind continued to make things difficult for players, Hoffman included. Though a birdie on the par 5 second pushed him to 8 under for the week, Hoffman made three straight bogeys on the 6th, 7th, and 8th holes. Two more bogeys came at the 10th and 11th. Before long, Hoffman had completely surrendered his lead. The new leader in this weather-crazy Masters was a man once commonly known as El Nino. It was Sergio Garcia. After opening with a 71 Thursday, Garcia birdied his first three holes Friday. After birdieing the ninth, he was one shot clear of Hoffman, which is where the Masters met total confusion. Garcia's tee ball in the tenth hooked hard left, so he played a provisional. For those watching along at home, it appeared like Garcia made bogey, but in the media center, online, and on anybody's phone, Garcia's score read triple bogey. Thankfully for him, it was just a scoring mistake. Garcia's first drive had ricocheted off a tree and kicked out into the fairway, where he would then hit three wood and make a bogey. This is the type of thing that could only happen to a hard-for-luck Garcia when he holds the lead in a major championship. The most important thing is that I knew where I stood. <laughs> I knew that I wasn't, I wasn't one under. I knew that I was, uh, I was three. It was a little bit of a funky hole for us. Uh, obviously, I didn't hit a good tee shot. I got lucky. Uh, I have to say I got, I got very lucky with, with the bounce there. And, and then I hit three wood into the green, and I got a little bit lucky again. Uh, almost made a, an unbelievable par. But Shane hit two balls to the left, and we were looking for one, and uh, we found we couldn't find it. We found the second one. So, and we were all dressed light color pants and blue sweaters. So, I can see why uh, they they might have made the mistake, but um, it was fine. And so he pushed on. Garcia made bogey on 13, but rallied with birdies on 15 and 17 to grab a share of the 36-hole lead. That would be a share with not just one but three other players. You had Hoffman, you had Garcia, and you had two others. The first was Thomas Peters. The Belgian youngster had calmed any jittery first-round nerves and made just one bogey Friday afternoon. He enticed a roar from the patrons when he made an eagle from the pine straw in 13, burning the 14th as well to reach four under. Joining them all at four under was Ricky Fowler, a man who owns some solid course history at Augusta National, but no major championship victories. 
With four birdies and an eagle, Fowler shot the round of the day, a 67 in the wind. Yeah, we're not going to have much wind uh, this weekend, but being able to control the the firmness, I think they're going to be able to dry them out you know, quite a bit with the wind the last couple of days and then having the, the dry weather tonight. Um, so it's going to be... It's going to be fun. It's going to be a real golf tournament this weekend. As there always seems to be at Augusta, former champions waited in the wings. You had Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth, and Adam Scott, five green jackets among the three, all sitting there at even par. A 57-year-old Masters vet named Fred Couples was sitting there at one under. You almost feel a sense of relief that the leaderboard has taken shape. After a disjointed week of practice, cut short the par three, you feel like the Masters is sort of missing something. And no, no disrespect to Charlie Hoffman and Will McGirt, but we needed some names. We needed some, some buzz. We needed, like, we needed that electric Augusta feeling to come back. And finally on Friday afternoon, you know, the names surface. Here comes Rory McIlroy. Here's Phil. Here's Justin Rose. Here's Sergio. Here are the guys. Here are the brand name guys that we know uh, can make this tournament something that we all remember on the weekend. And mixing in with Hoffman and McGirt is great too because now you have underdogs mixed with proven contenders and green jacket winners. You really started to have something for everybody. That leaderboard would produce fireworks, no doubt. But patrons and fans watching at home just had to be patient. Rory McIlroy birdied two of the first three holes, but then faded. Phil Mickelson birdied the first two holes, but then faded. Fred Couples played the first four and one under, but then faded. Quietly, confidently, Jordan Spieth was moving on moving day. Spieth made five straight pars to start his round before birdying three of the last four holes on his front nine. Three more pars put him on the 13th hole in a three-stroke deficit. This was the closest he had been to the lead since that fateful nine on Thursday afternoon. When his tee shot on 13 pushed him into the pine straw right of the fairway, he had a difficult choice to make. Lay up and try to make birdie from there, or play aggressive. Give it a go from 230 yards out. In play, like he would say, the way Arnold Palmer would have. Spieth chose the latter, even against the advice of his caddy Michael Greller. He was very much pressing for a layup there, and, uh, and laying up was the smart shot. I had 228 to the hole. Uh, I couldn't see the green given where the tree was located. I'm right-handed. I could see the right edge on the tower, um, but my ball, my, the the actual shot wasn't blocked. It was just about committing to what you can see and what, what you actually know is there. And so he liked to lay up. I've made birdie that pin, I think, the last two years by laying up down the left side and, uh, and, and hitting a wedge in there. And I feel like I've done a lot of um, course knowledge to know where to lay up and how to hit that pitch in there. So it actually, um, even though it's a hard shot to that pin, it's the most difficult pin on the hole. Uh, I had confidence in a layup situation. But I had a great number. I had a four-iron number. It was going to cover if I struck it solid. And I just had to turn it off the, the tower. And if I overturned it, it would just be in that swell. And I figured I could get it out of the swell to the same proximity that I would hit the wedge shot. So all that went through my head. And then I thought, you know, in order to win this golf tournament, uh, I, I hit um, my favorite shot I've ever hit in competition in my life on that hole, going for it when we had that decision in 2015. And so there's those good vibes. I just, you know, what would Arnie do uh, was my way of expressing it to Michael. Um, 
which we all know exactly what he would have done. And I'm proud that uh, I pulled that shot off and it led to four, three and a half. The Jordan Spieth charge chugged along, and what a sight it was to see. This was, statistically speaking, the greatest player to ever play Augusta National. And here he was making a move at the green jacket one year removed from painfully choking it away. On 15, Spieth laid up to 106 yards where he tossed in a wedge over the hole. It stopped, grabbed the green, and spun. Slowly. Ever so slowly. The ball worked back to just one foot from the cup. With the ensuing birdie, Spieth reached five under. And the 2017 Masters got really real, really fast. Hoffman and Garcia chugged along in the background, both leading at six under, but this had turned into the Spieth show until he stepped back. Spieth would quickly three-putt the 16th green, leaving himself wishing for a bogey-free round. And right when Spieth slowed, just ahead of him, Justin Rose provided the final fireworks of the evening. Rose had birdied the 12th, 13th, and 15th to reach four under for the week. After another birdie on 17, Rose set up in the fairway to approach the thousands of fans surrounding the 18th green. Take it from here, Justin. I had 193 to the hole, and I hit my six iron, 195 typically, and it was a touch into the breeze, so I knew it was all of the six iron, and I hit it really, really nicely, but as I looked at it in the mid-flight, it was kind of just looked like it was holding up. It looks like it was stalling out a touch. So when I saw the ball do that, I kind of figured it was going to be hitting the ridge and, and rolling back down. But I got enough of it. Like I said, I hit it really solid. And, and fortunately, it was enough just to, to carry up onto the top and, and leave myself a, you know, a really makeable putt. As the sun set on Augusta National Saturday evening, you had a storyline for everyone. Rose and Garcia at six under. Fowler, king of the neon orange at five. And Spieth, King of Augusta National at four. A few other wolves waited longingly to the side, waiting for their chance to strike. Who did you want to win? What did your heart tell you? What did your mind tell you? What was the best story? There really was no true answer after 54 holes. Well, starting at the top, it's obviously Sergio is a fascinating case because he's come close to winning other majors. He's never really had a master's get away from him, but he has the star-crossed history. And you can't help but wonder if maybe we're just set it, setting ourselves up for another Sergio disappointment. Justin Rose is so solid, but he's never really given away a Masters either. You, he's pre, probably my favorite in that moment. But then you look down the list, and how do you pick against Spieth? He had a quad on Thursday. He was 10 shots back. What is he doing even in this tournament? In that moment, I almost think the ultimate redemption story. Not only are you redeeming yourself from a quad last year, but you're redeeming yourself from one on Thursday. I've never heard of a story like that in a major in my life. And then Ricky Fowler, of course, is so popular, and you figure he's due at some point. I, I can see him winning. And then you move a little bit farther, and you've got Adam Scott, who quietly is sitting there that no one had really talked about for three rounds, but... All he needs is something in the mid-60s, which he's done before, and he could win a green jacket. If you want to even go a little bit farther, you can't totally rule, rule out Rory McIlroy shooting a 63 on a perfect day in Augusta National and maybe just stealing the thing. So it's shaping up to be a round for the ages. It could break a lot of different directions, but almost any direction you slice it, you see a very exciting finish happening. The anticipation of Sunday at the Masters is unlike anything else. Those early tea times work you into everything you're waiting for. 
someone from the early tea times was going to pave the way for how the tournament would proceed. That someone this year was Englishman Paul Casey. With absolutely perfect conditions, Casey birdied the second and the third holes, then the eighth and then the ninth. He raced out to four under, and you knew, you just knew, hey, maybe Paul Casey isn't going to win this thing, but someone is going to follow in his footsteps and go low enough to win this Masters. At first, it was Sergio. Garcia threw in a dart to the first hole and made birdie. Then he bumped a chip into the bank of the third hole and made an eight-foot birdie putt. So I don't know if this is the golf gods starting to pay things back, if this is the end of, if this is an exorcism happening right before us, or if it's a sign of the apocalypse. But Sergio Garcia is winning the Masters by three shots and looks calm and confident doing it. What planet are we living on? What is happening right now? Is this real life? All of this is what I'm thinking is, how did we get here and where do we, where do we even go from here? But that was when Sergio stalled, missing a 7-foot and a 10-foot birdie putts on the 8th and ninth greens, respectively. This happened just as Rose took off. The 36-year-old Englishman birdied the 6th, 7th, and 8th holes to regain a share of the lead. Looking at the rest of the leaderboard, only Ricky Fowler was within shouting distance, and even he was three strokes behind and fading fast. It became a one-on-one battle. Sure, there were fireworks elsewhere. Charles Schwartzel made a run and was slowed by a bogey. Thomas Peters made a run and was slowed by a bogey. Matt Kuchar made a run, even a hole-in-one, and he just ran out of holes. The focus of the cameras and the focus of the fans zoomed in tightly on Rose and Sergio. Just in time for the lovable loser to fail under pressure of the big moment one more time. Garcia bogeyed the 10th and bogeyed the 11th. It felt like everything you knew was coming was finally arriving. Whatever momentum he had built up early in the round, it felt oh so far away. On the 13th, those cameras zoomed in even tighter. As far as they could go, Garcia had driven left of the fairway and into the pine straw. He crouched down to scatter some errant pine needles sitting around his ball, and with the use of slow-motion high-def cameras, he appeared to move his ball in only the slightest, tiniest way. Fans streaming the action at home called into Augusta National to see if they would dock Sergio two strokes on what would be the most fateful six holes of his entire career. Thankfully, Augusta National squashed that storyline almost immediately. Onward, we trudged to the final six holes of rallying inflection points. First, still on the 13th hole, Garcia was able to rally for par. Rose, who was in great standing behind the green, made one hell of a run at an eagle, but then missed the three-foot birdie try coming back. Rose may have had a two-shot lead, but he had left the door barely, barely open. 20 minutes later, Garcia had birdied 14, and we reached the par 5 15th. From 192 yards out, Garcia hit the most important approach of his tournament, the most important approach maybe of his life, leaving him 14 feet left for eagle. At that point, I'll leave it up to Peter Costas. Sergio Garcia with an eagle free at 15. As for Sergio, the honeymoon of that putt did not last long. 
Rose tapped in for birdie to tie it up with just three holes to play. Rose, of course, made his testy birdie on the next hole as Sergio missed a short six-foot putt that would have kept him in line with Rose, who was now at 10 under. Fast-forwarding to the next green, Sergio makes par as Rose misses a short par saver. Again, we're all tied up, nine under, with just one hole remaining. Both players crush their drives on 18, landing in almost identical spots. Rose, hitting first, hit the right fringe, but his ball kicked left right at the hole. He gained some 30 feet from that bounce, and it seemed like nothing was going to go Sergio Garcia's way. But Sergio Garcia, the ball-striking savant that he is, tossing his approach that bounced at 10 feet right of the hole and skirted its way up to 5 feet away. You couldn't paint a more tense picture in golf where two of the top 15 players in the world are staring down possible Masters winning putts. The confidence, if you had any, had to say with Rose that we had a longer putt. This is a guy who's won a major championship before. Garcia had been failed too many times for runner-up finishes in major championships. He had never won a major. He was the best player to never win a major. Rose was first. And as pure as his putt looked, it fluttered to the right over the last two feet. All of a sudden, Sergio Garcia had a five-foot putt to win the green jacket. So he's lining this putt up to win the Masters and possibly send planet Earth spinning off its axis for all I know. But the camera angle is perfect. You're looking really right over the ball, right, over the, right down the line that Sergio s- sees. And he's obviously given the hole away. It's a little five-footer. It's downhill. And I don't know, I've seen that putt a few times on Sundays and I'm thinking, gosh, it looks like he may just be, I don't know if I like where he's aiming right now. And he putted it, I mean, to be fair, he hit it right where he aimed. He just didn't aim in the right spot. After 72 holes of absolutely grueling golf, Sergio Garcia and Justin Rose, two Ryder Cup buddies from the European team, were headed to a playoff. This is the 17th playoff in Masters history and it would not last long. Rose teed off first, pushing his shot into the pines. He was forced to punch out from there and then lob an approach to 18. Then Sergio, the player we all so commonly expected to fail, fail in these pressurized moments, nukes a drive up the right side of the fairway. Again, the amazing ball striker that he is, Garcia tosses in his approach from 147 yards to just 12 feet. He'd have two putts for the victory, and he needed just one. And after so many years, once and for all for Sergio. Garcia crouched to the ground, stuck his head between his knees, pumped his fists, stared at the turf, and finally stood back up to greet the thousands of fans chanting his name. Finally, Sergio Garcia. He's a major champion, a master's champion, a green jacket holder. The first thing this means is we now have to come up with a creative answer for the question of who is the best player in golf without a major championship. Because for a while, to be honest, once DJ won the U.S. Open last year and Stenson won the British, it was a no-brainer. It was a default answer. It was Sergio. And now, finally, he takes his name off that list forever 
and good for him for finally getting over over that hump and and moving forward with his career. And the other thing is, you know, it's such a feel good story. It's not just that Sergio won the Masters, which still sounds weird to say. I still can't believe this is where we are, but it's how he did it. I mean, he he was clutch. He didn't back into this. Justin Rose didn't lose this. Sergio had to go get him. He made an eagle on the 15th hole. He actually striped the ball up the fairway when he needed it the most. He was the one that pulled off the shots, not Justin Rose when he needed it the most. And so we've entered a whole new dimension of Sergio Garcia coverage. And, uh, you know, he finally, he finally has this gorilla off his back. Thank you for listening to the golf.com podcast. It was one hell of a masters here down at Augusta national. Please let me know how you like this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Sean underscore Zach. That's S E A N underscore Z A K until next time. Congrats to Sergio. I'm your host, Sean Zach.